Good morning. Good morning. This is Nurse T, and welcome to, I'm going to say this is my sixth episode of Nursing You Back to Life. So, I hope y'all can uh, hear that I am sounding sounding much better since the incident. Of course, I cannot sleep. Can't sleep, can't sleep. I'm still, I don't know if you could be in shock for days on end, you know, and when I say be in shock, just, you know, um, just being shocked that, you know, something like that has happened to you or you have been assaulted in, you know, a way and you just thinking why, what could I have done different? What can I do now? I mean, these are all the things that has ran through my mind since the incident. And I'm I'm still in shock. I'm I'm still in shock. But I have been able to, you know, be a little bit clear with my thoughts. I'm definitely on a a level where you know where somebody has uh somebody has um uh did some kind of security breach so of course you know every time I come in the house my alarm is on immediately the girls are home now so um I try not to I try not to discuss it with them. Of course, actually, I, I have it. I got to remember, you know, I got to bring y'all up to speed because they they didn't really see much. They just heard, which is a good thing, you know, because I don't want them to ever see, you know, uh anything like that, you know, not, you know, when it comes to their mother or any woman, but I'm glad they really didn't see much. I know I had mentioned on my last podcast that they had called me crying. So I think with my adrenaline high, I kind of thought that they saw, but basically they just heard, you know, and they came out for a little bit, and I think at the time that they was coming out, we were arguing back and forth, which was after the incident. Um, we were arguing back and forth, so it wasn't no nothing physical going on at that time. So I thank, thank God for that. But, of course, they had to spend that last night over his house so a whole bunch of things transpired with them because of course their dad expressed to them that oh mommy pushed me so 
they, you know, looking in some kind of disbelief, like, mommy pushed you. And then, and then I hit mommy twice. So they, they still confused because they don't really know, you know, what actually happened. They just going off of what he's saying and he's really trying to dummy down the version. Um, my 11 year old has bits and pieces of what's going on because she knew that, well, mommy was just here to drop off clothes. So, you know, when you really don't understand things as a child, you just kind of confused because you hear someone that you trust and love dearly say, this is what happened, but you're really not sure because it's about your mother. So no telling what kind of night they had and was she even able to sleep. And then that same night, uh, their father called over their siblings, which are older. I think they range from 18 to 30. So it's about four or five of them. And they are older. So the youngest is about 18. And the next one might be about 23, 24. The next one might be like 26. And goes up to about 30-something. Not really sure. And so... I don't really know to the extent of how many was over there, but I know the youngest one was over there and was talking to my 11-year-old and was explaining to her how you should not, let me quote it the way she stated to me, because I asked, you know, I asked my daughter, I said, well, you know, what happened? What did daddy tell you? Um... And she expressed what daddy told her. And then she also expressed that her older siblings came over and that one of the siblings had expressed to her, well, you shouldn't believe everything you see. So I'm thinking, you sure she said that? So she said, yeah, uh, my sister said, don't believe everything you see. So I said, well, Tori. You know, because my daughter, my daughter is very smart and intelligent, you know, and I said, well, don't believe everything you see. see I said, because I'm thinking, well, maybe she's saying don't believe everything you hear, because at this point, you really don't know if she's seen anything or you do know she's seen things. And basically, they just heard a lot. So my daughter corrected me and said, no, she said don't believe everything you hear. Don't know. Don't believe everything you see. So, no, no. She said, don't believe everything. Right. Don't believe everything you see. So I said, that don't really make sense, Tori. I said, because if I'm watching, you know, and I said, with this situation, you have to think. If you see a dog go over and bite someone did you see them bite did you see the dog bite the person she said yes I said so are you going to believe what you saw she said yes I said okay so she's telling you don't believe everything you see and she said well because she said that because 
there's some things you may not have saw behind the scenes. And so you can't really get a clear understanding of what's actually going on. So I get that. But in certain situations, you have to believe what you saw because that's what you saw. And you hear what you hear. Um, And you have to take everything into consideration, whether you saw it, whether you heard it, everything is important. So at that moment, I've already, while they were there, you know, I feel like dad was already trying to get them together and coerce them into something that wasn't true um, to save his actions inappropriate actions, inappropriate behavior. Um, Because you just, even at his caliber, um, you cannot put your hands on anybody unless you feel, I mean, I guess unless you feel threatened. I mean, I have a porch. So if somebody come on my porch, an intruder come on my porch, you know, if I'm not threatened, I'm, you know, I open the door. And if I, you know, see an intruder, you know, I could say, you know, you can get off my property and they could either get off or not. And if I feel like, okay, it's a problem, then I can close my door and call the police. But this situation didn't even warrant that because I was nowhere near the the door. I was down off the curb by the driveway, actually in the driveway, to be correct. I was standing. I may have, from the curb, I may have stepped maybe two or three steps into the driveway um, just as approaching him to you know, give clothes and sneakers, you know, and so I really weren't in anybody's personal space, in anybody's face, you know, not even at the front door to even be treated in that manner or to ever be in the mindset that I'm, you know, coming to attack anybody with you know, sneakers in my hand and clothes in my hand to give you. And besides, I'm a professional. So my profession holds me at a high standard as well, you know, along with other licenses and things that I have um, for my personal self that you just can't behave in certain ways. You know, I need my clearances clear all the time. So I always know, you know, when things arise or situation arises that I can't act like a fool. I can't just put my hands on people. I can't just go out and be fighting somebody because I don't like X, Y, and Z. I just can't. I can't. So that's the difference between being an adult and a child because you just can't behave in certain manners. 
So, of course, now my daughter's is home and I'm, you know, just trying to love them and help them through just this whole situation. And so I took the 11-year-old's phone and I expressed to her that now that I see what he is doing, um, I can't have them in the middle going through, you know, emotions and, well, your mother did this, your mother did that. Like, that, I'm their mother. So you can't put these things in their head about their mother just like I'm not going to sit and put things in their head about their father because they have to decipher any bad thoughts about him and they don't need me clouding their judgment. They don't need me clouding their feelings. I'm just not a one to do that. And and I'm not a one to do that because I was a social worker before. Before I became a nurse, I was a social worker. So I know what things like that can do to kids. So I don't even touch that with a 10-foot pole because that can really have them hate you. Even though you telling them all these things, they will, they will figure it out on their own. It may take months. It may take years. But they will eventually, they will figure things out. And that's just what you have to believe as the adult. You have to trust the process of them figuring things out. So I don't get into talking bad about their father or anything like that. So now that I know that he's trying to manipulate them into this believing that mom came over to attack him, I just kind of shut down communication because I don't need, I just don't need that for them. And so I shut down the communication with the siblings. Um, I went on her phone and blocked. Uh, Shut down communications with dad so that he couldn't call. Um, If he did call, it wouldn't, you know, when you get whatever block message you get, I'm not sure what you get, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't work um, until they got their emotions and things together. Uh, I didn't think at first that I needed to shut things down with their grandmother because I leave his mother out of it. I respect his mother. I love her. Um, and I know that's her son. So I don't, I didn't feel the need to tell her about the incident or discuss the incident up to her because I'm a mother of a son and You don't want to be biased. You don't, you know, but that's your son. Just like I know, you know, my son. But as mothers, we know what our sons are capable of. We know what our sons are not capable of. But a lot of times when you're dealing with a situation like that, you don't know what your child is capable of doing until things happen. Like, I'm quite, quite sure the parent of a murderer would ever would never think that their child would be capable of murdering someone or um the parent of a child molester would never think that you know this person would molest someone or molest a child so 
you never know what events that goes on in people's lives that causes them to just snap. You're talking about a person in, that's been um, in the military for years, someone that has been in the police force for years, um, so and has never gotten help through any of whatever that he has been through. One failed marriage, two failed marriage. Now you got two failed marriages. You have maybe a whole, you know, you have children that range from, you know, 30 something down to a baby girl just turned seven. Um, And it's maybe about five or six, uh, seven, possibly. I can't remember off the top of my head. So all of these things that has transpired throughout your life, you know, it's no telling what can cause a person to snap. I was just the one that he, you know, snapped on at that time. And, you know, the old Tamika probably would have been arrested that day because, you know, I've came a long way, you know, when it comes to, you know, my temper, my behavior. But once I started having kids, your life changed, your life decisions changed, the way you do things change. Um, Your life in terms of the way you live just change. And when you fight as an adult, you almost fighting for your life. You can't really come down off of things because... It goes and lasts forever. Look how something happened to me. Well, it's now Saturday and this has happened on Tuesday. And I'm still, you know, going through the aftermath of what happened. Where if I was a child, kids fight and next thing you know, they ain't thinking nothing of it or they, you know, playing with the person again. And so when you're an adult, things change and your decisions in life change and your fight changes and the way you fight changes. And it has to. It, it just has to. Because as professionals, you have far more to lose. You know, I got a license I can lose. This is the way I feed my family. So nobody... Uh, you know, nobody is worth that. Nobody. So, to go back and say, I thought, you know, I could, I thought I didn't have to shut off grandmom, and long behold, I had to shut off grandmom. And I would never disrespect his mom, you know, but I got so upset. So, my daughter talked to her grandmom, and she talked to her grandmom that night. And they talked about the situation and I expressed to my daughter not to discuss the situation with anyone because you just can't discuss it with anybody. Just don't discuss it. Well, grandmom asking her questions and see I don't know if grandmom asking her questions because grandmom knows or grandmom just asking her questions because she's trying to tap in to see what's going on. So grandmom asking her questions. 
So grandmom gets off the phone and shoots a text message. Well, she shoots a text message and she sends it to my daughter as opposed to sending it to her father. And, you know, to make a long story short, she just, you know, talks about how, you know, her granddaughter loves him. You know, mommy won't let uh, her call him right now. Um, She talked about, she discussed in the email, son, I know you've never put your hand on a woman and... I talked, you know, I discussed about, you know, to her about mommy stopping past your house. And mommy shouldn't have been over there. And at the end, she goes to say. Son, you have a right to defend your family. She disrespected herself and her children when she came over there. So now I'm pissed because as a woman, you don't have all the facts, but I get it. That's your son. But you don't have all the facts to even say that to him. But like I said, I get it. That's your son. But to have the respect as a woman, you could have either called me and said what happened so that you have you could have gotten all the facts or you just stay out of it. But how do you send that text message to him and condone his behavior? So I kindly called her and I'm heated and I shouldn't have hollered. Um, first of all, don't text my daughter none of that nonsense. That's number one. You're 60-something years old. Like, why would you? Don't text my daughter that. And when you found out that you text my daughter that, you should have immediately got on the phone to fix it with me. Because now you don't know if I'm going to see this text message, if I'm not going to see this text message. But at this point, now you realize, oh, shucks, I done messed up. How do I fix this real quick? Because if her mom see it, we're going to have a problem. I seen it probably less than 20 minutes. So now you're saying that it's okay for your son to put put his hands on me. And oh, no, you know, mom shouldn't have been at your house. However, after I think about this situation, because you think about when things stuff like that traumatic happen to you, you go over over and over and over things, you know, and if you were right, if you were wrong, but I've been over there before. I've picked up instruments from that house. I've picked up trip slips from that house. I've dropped off clothes one day um, when I was going to work to that house. I'm just trying to figure out when I go and get the girls from the bus stop. The house is at the top of the, the bus stop is at the top of the block. The house might be the third house in. So I've, I work over there in that county. So 
I've been there several times and has never started any trouble. The only difference is that the lady wasn't there. So if you've heard on the the episode before this, she was standing outside along with him. So maybe he had to put on some kind of facade that, oh, well, why would you come to my house and this and that and the other? Because technically it's her house. You know, he lives with her and he, you know, help her pay bills or whatever. I don't know, but it's her house. But, you know, you have to put on this facade that, oh, well, she's never been here, but I have. And actually, I was just there on Friday to pick up my daughter's soccer clothes that was left over there from them being over there the prior week. So I'm just confused and I never really go on their property like that because they have a driveway and all that. Um, So I'm just confused that, you know, why would you put on this front like I've never been there when you could have just came to me, grabbed the clothes and turned around and left. And you could have still said, you know, whatever that you needed to say fine because I still wasn't there threatening you or you know causing any bodily harm or anything like that I was just handing you clothes so with that being said if I've never been there I get it oh yeah you don't pop up at nobody's house even though he's popped up at my house a few times you know and that's that control thing as a police officer you can do whatever you want to do but you know nobody else can do it or you want control over this whole situation no that's not how it works and also another thing that could have got him upset is you know as I'm giving him the clothes I mentioned to her the woman I yelled over to her like we need to talk woman to woman you don't have anything to say to her well I don't have anything to say to her in terms of you guys because you've moved on. I've moved on. You're in a relationship. I'm in a relationship. As a 42-year-old woman that she is, if she hasn't figured out anything about you, that's on her. But my daughters come over here. You know, you guys are together. Why wouldn't you want to have some kind of dialogue with the mother And I'm not no mother that has ever started trouble. I'm not a mother that has ever bothered you. I'm not a mother that has ever done anything to you, um, seen you out on the street, have nothing. I've never. So you can pretty much, as a woman, understand that she's probably a rational, you know, woman. So, you know, from one professional to another, you know, her children do come over here. Why wouldn't you want to have a dialogue with mom and you ain't got to be my friend and I don't have to be your friend, but he has my girls a substantial amount of time that you want to understand, you know, what's going on and you want me to feel comfortable. Just like, you know, I want to feel comfortable where if miss if 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 he ever emergency ever occur and you need to call me like hey come and get your daughters because he either is at work um anything can happen anything can happen 
And you want to be able to say, you know, let me call their mother. So why wouldn't you want, why wouldn't two women be able to have a dialogue about children? Not about you. It's not about you. It's about the children. And that's where he gets things confused a lot of times. And we can't co-parent because it's about other things. And for me, it's about my babies. It's always about my babies. I would think that you're in a happy relationship. relationship. I'm in a happy relationship. You've been in your relationship longer than I've been in my relationship. So what's the problem? Like, why would it be any, you know, problems? But in any event. It's just been an ongoing rerun in my mind of this whole situation. I did go and put in, you know, a restraining order so that he doesn't need to be near me. I don't need to be near him. I won't be near him. He has actually changed the whole dynamics in this, which is bad. Because I won't ever talk to him when we got babies. I won't ever come in his path, ever. I won't now feel safe or comfortable to exchange kids with him. Because if you're, I don't know what you're capable of. I I don't know what you're capable of. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what your stress level is. I don't know what you're going through in life other than what we share, you know, with our kids. So I have even thought about moving out of the state of Pennsylvania because I don't ever, you know, want to be a victim or a victim in that sense because my daughters need their parents. They need their mother just as much as they need their father. So I've always tried to keep my emotions about anything when it comes to my daughters because I don't ever want to snap and feel like I got to hurt or harm him and I don't want him to ever feel the same. And I feel like I felt I failed at that because we are to this point. And I'm, you know, afraid to the point that now I don't go nowhere, you know, without what I need to protect myself. Because you just never know. I'm watching my back all the time. I'm a little paranoid. You know, I'm looking around. I'm taking my girls out the house, looking around. If, you know, they want to go outside and play, I'm standing at the door watching. This has really heightened up. And I could be overdoing it. And then I may not be. I may not be. Who's to say? But I can't put my guard down now. And I can't put my guard down. 
I don't think ever because this has happened to me. And so things are different now and things are going to be different moving forward. And the best thing I can do right now is be there for my daughters and help them understand this because I don't know what's going on with their father and how why he's spiraling out of control, but I have to leave him to deal with it. You know, it's, I, I feel like he could not do anything to hurt me other than putting his hands on me. We went to court. I conducted myself in, you know, a professional manner to get the job done in court. Most of the time that we go, you know, he's lashed out at my other half in terms of running a man's record, which is illegal. You know, you running somebody's record for what? But, okay, I get it. You ran his record. Oh, he has a, a criminal history. The man had a criminal history back when he was 17, 18 years old. Like, the man is 35. I can't fault him for his criminal record unless this man was locked up for uh, inappropriate behavior around kids, anything that has to do with kids, rape, you know, certain things heighten. Okay, you stay away from. But. I've had friends just like he had friends. And I have friends that look into things and we look into things just like, you know, he has. So as the woman I am, no, I'm not going to have my kids around nobody like that. But if he was locked up because he was a, a delinquent child and he did things as a delinquent, I can't fault him for, for, for that. And neither can he. Because what man hasn't done things 20 years ago. Like what man has it? So do I fault him for doing things 20 years ago? And oh, I'm not going to be with him. He did things 20 years ago. No. Now certain things. Yes. I will not have around my kids. But can I fault him for doing those things? Being a delinquent? I can't. Because we've, we all have a story about some things we did that we could have been arrested for. Things that we did that we didn't get arrested for but should have been arrested for. I mean, you could go on and on about stuff. So he's tried to get me that way. It didn't work. The judge was looking at him and his lawyer like, give me convictions. If it's, this man hasn't been convicted, you know... I, 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 it's, it's, it's a game. So that wasn't, that didn't work. So all these things that he has tried to do just didn't work. And I have been able to keep it together. Even though I've been battling with talking to myself in the shower and doing all these things, it has still never brought me to the breaking point to go and fight him or harm him or do anything, these things to him. So, the only way that he could really hurt me was what he, what he did. And that's by fighting with me. That let off 
or relieved him of his frustration that he's had with me or towards me or anything, which which isn't right, which isn't right. So I'm just I'm just I'm just going through it, you guys, just mentally and emotionally, because I can't even sleep. I've been up since it's 541. I've been up since about two thirty, three o'clock and I just couldn't sleep. And I've been pondering about, you know, my podcast and, you know, updating you guys on my mental and how I've been and how I've been feeling and how things been going and uh what has been uh what has transpired since then and we have an emergency hearing on Thursday up in Montgomery County so that is will will take effect on Thursday and so I've been you know keeping it together trying to um and these talks that I've been having um, has been helping me. Even though you guys haven't been able to respond, you know, you it's just been helping me. It's crazy because now I see the little bruises that's been coming up uh, since the the um, the assault, you know, and the the the, the cops. Looked at me and he said, "You hurt? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. Well, we can't. We, we, we're not gonna lock any, lock you up, lock him up, or do anything because how can we prove that he, he did these things? You know, we don't see any, any, any bruises. So it's, it's, it's crazy what we have to go through as women, and every day we still have to pull our big girl panties up and." go to work and raise the kids and smile and act like everything's okay. And sometimes we we need hugs and sometimes we need, you know, massages and sometimes we need pampering and, you know, sometimes we need, you know, just a break. Sometimes we need a break. Before we break, we need a break. And we don't get it. So I just commend, you know, myself and all the women that's out here dealing with just this constant nonsense and just wanting men to, you know, just step up and take accountability for, you know, if you're in a marriage, you know, help out, you know, do things that you need to do. I was talking to a professional today and, um, yeah, actually not today, yesterday. And, you know, she's, you know, going through a few things and, you know, and she's in a marriage and, you know, she got a girlfriend that's, you know, going through some things and she's in a marriage and, you know, sometimes men don't understand that we be needing a break. We need a break. They try to figure out how much more that they can put on our plate as opposed to saying, you know, I know my wife do this. I know she works a full-time job. I know she comes home, she got to cook. I know she got to come home and clean. I know she got to come home and deal with the kids. All I do is just work and I pay the bills. Well, 
sometimes when I when I was in my marriage, I wished all I could do was just go to work and pay the bills and give him the 50,000 things that I had to do as a mom, as a woman. I got to cook, clean, work, take care of the kids, screw you like you need to be screwed. And I don't get a break. I don't get a break, you know. And when I, you know, decided that this was over, you know, the marriage is over, just let it go, Mika. Um, I used to get, you know, anxieties, you know, with my kids and when they would go over with him. But now, I appreciate my break. I didn't appreciate it at first. But I appreciate my break now. And I get to get have some me time. Which, as two people, you should be able to give your wife her me time, her free time, her whatever time she needs. Because you need her to be as strong as possible to keep things together for you guys. Well, if you break her down and break her down and break her down and she's worn out mentally, she's worn out physically, what what, what are you going to do with her? She's, she's no, she's not of help broke down. She's not of help worn out. So it's important that we keep our mental health together as women and men has to has to help us do that they just take and take and take and take and take and don't understand that you know and granted yes we decide to have kids yes we decide to get married yes we decide to have a family but we both have to take the brunt of this it's not just my kids it's our kids And yes, I'm going to hold you down, but I need a break sometimes. I need a break at least once or twice a week. So, to the married women, to the women in relationships, I get it. I get it. I get it. I think we all get it. But what we going to do? We can't, we can't break. We have to be strong. So, I'm going to, enough of my venting today. It's about 5.48 and I'm going to try to go on with my day. I haven't been out exercising. That has been my, my outlet and I haven't been out doing that and Hopefully I can get back out and get my 2.5 miles in a day. But I got to get my my paranoidness down. You know, not looking behind my back, not watching, not doing this, not doing that. You know, I might wind up buying a treadmill and bringing it in the house and just walking until I can get it, you know, get it together. Because, you know, I'm a little off right now. 
So that's that's I'm gonna narrow it down and I just want, you know, you ladies to know I'm I'm praying for you. I need you to pray for me and we have to keep it together because if nobody needs us, those babies need us. And your baby could be twenty, fifteen, fourteen, two, eight, whatever age. We just have to keep it together. And find something to let your frustration out on. Whether it's riding a bike, listening to some music, going to kickboxing, walking. Do something, ladies. We got to keep it together. We got to work together. All we got is each other. We got to get, we, we got to do something. We got to figure something out because we're divided in so many ways and you know, we keep so much a secret. So, pray for me. I'm going to pray for you guys. Hopefully, I can continue to work out this podcast so that, you know, you guys can give me some advice and give me some different ways to look at things. And maybe I can help out and give you guys some ways, some different ways of looking at things and we can, you know, um, go through these experiences together, go through these trials and tribulations together, help each other out through this thing called life. You guys have a good day, and I will be on maybe in a few days, I don't know, to give you guys an update. You guys have a good day. Have a good day.